Hello, this is Jeff Otis, partner at Evergreen, and you're listening to Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange. I hope you enjoy this 15-minute conversation between myself and Evergreen Co-Chief Investment Officer, Jeff Dix. And as always, thanks for listening. All views and opinions expressed by the host and any guests of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen Golf Cal. Evergreen Golf Cal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, I'm uh, joined today by Jeff Dix, uh, Evergreen Investment Committee member, co-CIO, actually, and director of portfolios. And Jeff, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Good to be back. Man, it's the last time I'm going to have you on since you become a father of two. Exciting times in your house. Yes, indeed. Uh, baby number two is due next Monday. So we are very, very excited. Well, I know older sister Charlie's looking forward to, to meeting, whether it's little brother or little sister. So we'll all be anticipating the news uh, here here shortly, but uh, obviously wishing you the best with that. Thank you, Jeff. Um, while we have you here, I want to chat about markets. We've had a pretty uh, incredible start to the year, conversely to what we experienced last year. But let's just talk briefly, quick recap on what's happened in markets this month and the just the recovery that we've seen. Kind of maybe a quick recap from your end of what's What's played out so far here in January? Yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a solid start to the year for financial markets. The stock market, as measured by the S and P, is up about six percent through Friday, and that would be January twenty seventh. Bond markets up three percent, and in a way, it's been a bit of a, a reversal. I'd say a mini reversal of what we saw last year. Uh, on the equity side, last year, 2022, value stocks outperformed growth stocks by over 21%. Um, in 2022, U.S. stocks outperformed emerging market equities. Large companies outperformed smaller cap companies. Uh, and then if you look at this year, this year you've seen growth stocks up 8%. Value stocks are up four. Emerging market equities are up 12. Small caps are up eight and a half. So it's been a bit of a reversal. You tend to see this, you know, in terms of the worst performing areas of a market, particularly in the new year, tend to outperform. We've certainly uh, experienced that in January. On the bond side, a similar story. The laggards of 2022 have been outperforming. Uh, emerging market debt is up more than the Bloomberg AG. Longer duration corporate bonds are also outperforming as are preferred equities. So it's kind of everything that underperformed in 2022 is now at least to start January or outperforming. Um, so certainly it's been a welcome uh, welcomed rally for, for stock and, and bond markets. Yeah, at least for those that are in risk, right? So it's been a big risk on rally, at least that we've seen so far the years. But what, what are you seeing that's driving that change? A few things, I, you know, first of all, first off, you know, peak to trough last year, the market was down 25%, uh, and the low was in early October. And then also at the end of December, there was about a 7% pullback in the market. So part of it, you know, you know, was the starting point and, you know, markets were oversold at that point in time, both of those, you know, in, in uh, early October and late in the year last year. So part of that's, you know, a snapback from oversold levels. But more on the fundamental side, and, and more importantly, there have been 
uh, several positive felt, uh, factors that have helped sentiment in the market. I think, you know, first off, inflation did peak last year. Um, we've had six straight months of falling year-over-year inflation. Uh, longer-term interest rates are down basically across the board. Um, corporate borrowing rates, mortgage rates, government bond yields. Um, you know, the 10-year, for instance, went from 4.25 to about 3.5% today. You know, the 30-year mortgage rate. Uh, got into the sevens now in the, in the mid sixes. Um, so certainly rates have come back down. The U.S. dollars also rolled over pretty significantly that, you know, helps ease the pain for emerging economies, global growth. Energy prices are down materially. Um, oil's down from 125 now in the, the high seventies. Natural gas has gotten absolutely hammered this year partially due to warmer weather, both in the U.S. and Europe. But U.S. natural gas prices got up to 950 last year. They're at 270 today. Um, of course, that's helped consumer sentiment, also discretionary spending you know, ability with gas prices down. You have lower utility bills. Um, so that's helped markets. China reopening and moving away from zero COVID policies also kind of contributed to a, a bit of a risk on. And then finally, the Fed, um, you know, they've downshifted rate hikes, 25 basis points is almost a certainty uh, next week. Investors and us included anticipate a pause, you know, later this year. So if you look back to 2022, you have to say all of these are net positives today. And where we were last year, all of these were moving in the wrong way, wrong direction, you know, for, for markets. So certainly, you know, I'd say a relief from all these aspects. And then, you know, I'd, I'd end that, you know, the market does act like a pendulum, you know, and both on a near term and a longer term basis. So at this point on a near term basis, the good news seems to be, you know, mostly priced in, I'd say. And at Evergreen, we are bracing portfolios, you know, for near term volatility. Yeah, so I think this is a really good recap. Um, let's talk about what risks remain and if there's anything that market seems to be missing from your perspective. Yeah, I'd say there's a few big risks facing the market this year. I'd say the first is earnings um, and, a, and the slowdown we're seeing. This, the next would be, you know, a, a potential recession uh, in the U.S. and globally. And the third is quantitative tightening. Um, so on the earnings side, you know, I read an interesting stat this morning that Morgan Stanley wrote and that for earnings or for corporate America, cost growth, um, so cost inputs for U.S. companies is rising faster than sales growth for 80% of the S&P 500. So you're seeing margins across most of the S&P 500 contract. Earnings guidance today for, for Q4 earnings season is in the 10th percentile. So companies are guiding lower at a, a, at a more rapid pace than 90% of the time. And we are somewhat early in Q4 reporting season, but earnings are falling in Q4 relative to Q3. So earnings are slowing considerably. I think that's uh, certainly a, a risk factor facing the market. I think recession risk is the next big one. Uh, short-term interest rates moved up a lot in the last nine months, the fastest um, move we've seen ever. And, 
they actually, you know, still have a, a bit further to go, maybe one or two hikes in our opinion. And there's a lag effect to higher rates and economic data. So next three to six months, you should see data weaken further as the effects of, of higher interest rates uh, hit economic data. Also, the consumer has drawn down on savings significantly over the last 12 to 18 months. And savings were quite elevated and built up during covid but you've seen that draw down considerably and you're starting to see credit card balances creep higher. So you're starting to see some cracks in the edges with the consumer. So far, the labor market has been quite resilient, resilient, but you, we are seeing and hearing uh, mounting layoffs. So, and we're not saying a, a deep recession is a for sure thing, but the recession path would be consumer weakness leading to job losses and kind of that happening later this year. And you're starting to see, you've seen, you know, there's an index that tracks leading economic indicators and we're basically at recessionary levels there. Manufacturing and housing economic data points are basically at recessionary levels as well. So I think that's certainly on the table this year. In a recession, equities almost always go down. Um, so, you know, if, if that were to occur, I think equities have quite a bit of downside. And then finally, the last biggie is quantitative tightening. So the Fed kind of, you know, restricting money supply and, and paring back its balance sheet. And that's in full-fledged, you know, mode right now. The money supply... Uh, has fallen 2% since March of 2022. And that's a big, big number. It sounds like a small number, but that's the biggest drop since 1959. Um, and perhaps, you know, the most important rule to follow over the last 15 years has been don't fight, the, don't fight the Fed. So, you know, at least the near term market action would go against that. So, you know, that, you know, there has been a extremely high correlation with the Fed balance sheet and uh, equity markets over the last 15 to 20 years. And, you know, it's our anticipation the Fed continues on with QT and the balance sheet continues to contract. It's hard for us to envision a scenario where that where the Fed does continue its quantitative tightening program inequities just scream higher. So that that has, has us on high alert as well. Well, with all that being said, if you were going to sort of handicap, I guess, forward-looking uh, returns for public markets, what would you tell investors at this point for both equity and, I guess, fixed income as well? Yes. Uh, so, you know, when, when we talk about kind of capital market expectation, return, you know, expectations, you know, we're always thinking longer term. So, you know, five to 10 years, you know, and, and then for equities, valuation is a very important indicator for long term returns, not necessarily short term because valuation really uh, doesn't have a high correlation to short term returns. But over a longer longer term time horizon, valuation is, is extremely critical. Um, and if you look at kind of valuation on equities over the last 25 years. At the low end, the market can get down to 10 times earnings. At the high end, the market can get up to 30 times earnings. And as you'd expect, when you put capital to work, when valuations are at the higher end, you get, you know, very low returns. So if you look back 
into the late 90s, which would make sense. I'm sure everyone's well aware of the, the tech bubble back then. But if you put money to work in 97 and that you looked at a forward 10-year return, returns were 6%. If you actually invested in 98 or 99, returns were flat or negative for a 10-year period. And at that point, you know, equities traded in, in the 23 to upwards of 28 times earnings range. So at the, the, really at the highest end of the range. Now, if you put money to work in the mid nineties when the market was trading at 12 or 13 times EPS, you know, annualized returns were 11 or 12%. Or if you put money to work after the financial crisis in 08, 09, um, say you put money to work in 2011, 2012, uh, the forward looking, looking returns were 15% if you invested in 2011, 12.5% if you invested in 2012. Where I'm going with this is, and, and it's kind of a long way of saying this, if you look at valuation today, we're right at 18 times earnings. And if you look back to 2022, we had the market down 18% and earnings grew around 6%. So valuation really improved last year. So if you, you know, we're, we're right around the long-term average of valuation at this point. So perhaps you're looking at, you know, seven to 10 type, seven to 10% type equity returns over a, a moderate to long time horizon. Inter- international equities trade much cheaper. So perhaps you can make a case for slightly higher returns for international equities, emerging market equities, um, which could get that number a bit higher. So at this point, you know, looking forward, that's certainly the positive news that valuations have reset um, rather significantly, but they're also not at a point where, you know, you're getting, much, much higher returns than the long-term average when you're trading more like 10, 12, 13 times earnings. On the bond side, um, yields in many cases are up near 12-year high. Uh, and they have, you know, uh, retreated a bit uh, from last year. So, you know, late last year, you know, actually Q3, early on in Q4, uh, yields were were at the 12 year high. They've come down a bit, but on the bond side, forward looking returns are about as about as attractive as they've, as they've been over the last decade, uh, really over the last 10 to 15 years. So, on the bond side, returns look quite attractive. On the equity side, returns look moderate to to decently attractive. Well, that's a good recap. So, would you say? Uh, Bottom line, should you be playing offense or defense right now as an investor or combination? I think, uh, you know, if you're, if you're being a little bit more tactical and we tend to be a little bit more active, you've had a, a you know, 14, 15% rally off the low. Um, I think it makes sense to raise a little bit of cash into this rally given some of the, the near term risks that face the market. Uh, you know, and cash is <laughs> just a side note. Cash pays a very high rate of return today. So, you know, while you're waiting, you know, the, the government money market funds at the various custodians, pay about 4%. Um, so I think on the equity side, maybe playing a little bit of defense, but you don't want to get too defensive given the valuation levels have come down to a reasonable long-term, um, you know, return level. And, you know, when we're thinking about equity allocations, we're not necessarily thinking about the next six months or one year. You know, we're really trying to hold equities over a, at least a five, but more likely 10 to 15 to 20 year time frame. So you don't want to get too cute with it, but uh, we, we are, 
you know, near term, just being a little bit more cautious. And I would say that, you know, the stock market still is in a bear market. Um, we've made lower highs and lower lows over the course of the last year. And it's, it's actually added a lot of value to sell into strength, at least to a, a, a minor level, sell into strength, buy into weakness. You can add some value, add some return over time by doing that, particularly in these bear markets. And then on the bond side, I think it still makes sense to play offense. I would say, we would be a little bit cautious on high yield at this point. One thing we track very closely at Evergreen are credit spreads, which is basically the difference between what a corporate bond pays and a treasury yield. And that spread is sort of a risk premium or a risk measure for, for say, corporate bonds. If you look at high yield, that spread between the two has tightened to a level that makes us a little uncomfortable. Um, and during a recession, that can widen out to plus 8% or, or plus 800 basis points. So we have been just a little bit cautious on high yield. Um, and where we've, we've been focusing is, is high-grade high yield. So our high yield exposure is, is almost entirely on the high-grade side. But generally speaking, I think it makes sense to play more offense on the bond side, given the, given the yields have moved up so much over the last you know, 18 months. That's a fantastic recap of everything. I really appreciate your time today. I was probably going to get you out of here on one bonus question, um, just as I've heard a little bit of chatter about it recently. Uh, but what what is the golden cross, and is it something that investors should pay any attention to? Yes. Um, good question. I, I did um, put this in the chart book last week. And, and at Evergreen, we're almost – we're almost entirely fundamental driven in our, in our research and our analysis, but we certainly add a technical aspect to what we do. When we look at individual securities, when we look at markets in general, there's some chart patterns that definitely should be noted. And a golden cross is the opposite of what's called a death cross. And basically it's looking at the moving averages. So when the 50 day moving average breaks below the 200 day moving average, it's called a death cross. And that can be a warning sign for markets. Um, on the flip side, when the 50 day moving average moves above the 200 day moving average, that's called a golden cross. And historically, it's been a, a really a bullish indicator for the markets. And, you know, there's not that many head fakes when that occurs. So it's something that we're watching. And if it does happen, you can kind of – you tend to see markets move up rather considerably. So it's something we're watching and paying attention to. And if it happens – it might at least change our technical outlook on the market. Um, so that that's the quick quick summary there. But it, it's a good question, and uh, it's definitely something I would pay attention to as an investor. That's great. Well, uh, as we start off with, obviously, best of luck with the delivery ahead, and we'll all be pulling for you guys and excited to find out uh, the news. So uh, congrats on, on, on the new little one on the way, and really happy for you, man. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Evergreen GovCal is a wealth management firm with offices in Bellevue, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and California's Bay Area. We provide investment management, tax compliance, family office, and retirement planning services. Evergreen is accepting applications for new clients who align with our firm's investment and planning approach. If you think you might be a fit with us, follow the link in the show notes to fill out our prospective client compatibility survey.